The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. Okay, welcome, welcome to Praying God's Word session. My name's Amy Davis, and I've been at Snowbird for um, a long, long time. And if you would like to know more about me personally, we can hang out after the session. I'll be up here. You can ask me any question you want. (laughs) I've been here for a while. So um, I'm so happy you ladies are here joining us for this awesome um, afternoon of breakout sessions. Um, Sarah did a fantastic job. Rebecca did an encouraging, awesome job as well. And so I'm just going to keep that momentum moving forward with praying God's word in the session. Um, I've recently realized that there's a condition some people have where they cannot imagine things. It's like aphantasia or something like that. And I have a problem explaining things. So if you are that person and you can't imagine things and you're in my place where I can't explain things well. Um, I've done, I've given out my um, notes so that you could actually see what's going on in my mind and what I'm trying to explain. So we can kind of bridge that gap in the session through these notes, okay? Uh, Let me pray and we will jump right in. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to be here. To get today to encourage one another, to study your word, to depend on your word, to grow in fellowship with you, to, to grow in connectivity with you. I pray that you would still my mind, you'd steady my heart to the things that you've allowed me to prepare. I pray that your spirit would go before me now and translate to the hearts of these women your passion to know them fully, your passion to have them depend on you fully for every need that they have. Help us, Jesus, right now to recognize our, near, our need of you in every aspect and to have openness and continued flow in conversation with you nonstop all the time so that your name would be made great in our lives in the lives of our children in the lives of our community that we would be so connected with you God through constant fellowship constant interaction that people would come to know you in your name I pray Jesus amen So beginning our conversation today on praying God's word, I don't really feel like I need to make an argument for why we should pray, right? I mean, we all are aware that we should be praying. Okay, good. So the problem, though, is that some of us think about prayer like we do this big, giant piece of entangled rope, right? It's like, Ah, that looks really complicated. Oh, man, that looks really intense. And it's really just intimidating. You're like, I don't want to get in here. I don't want to do the work to just pull out 
and really try to make this useful. You know what I mean? You're not try- you don't want to get your hands dirty, you know, and like Rebecca was talking about, we just kind of get like, uh, it's easier to do this. Like you don't want to full on say, I'm being lazy, but on the other hand, you're like, mm, by saying this is easier, you're saying you're lazy, so it's the same thing. So that's one thing that I wanted to address right out of the bat is any effort in any relationship that's going to be flourishing, you're going to have to put the effort in, period. Whether that's your relationship with your husband, with your children, with your friends, with your mom, um, with your re- restoring relationships with people from your past, you know, you got to put the work in, okay? So I'm not going to stand up here and pretend that this is going to be like these three things and you're done and you've got the best relationship with the Lord forget it you know Um, it is going to be hard but the crazy thing about prayer is it can be so complex not because of the words that we use but because of the intricacies of our heart and the needs that we have for Christ to cover all of those things so we make it complicated not Jesus not God it can be so simple We've got these beautiful guides of the Puritan prayers that we have recorded, and we can pray those. We've got this amazing little book that we all are passing around called The Valley of Vision, and it's a collection of Puritan prayers, and they are just the most beautiful things ever, right? And these men have just written these gorgeous prayers, and they're just so intense, and you're like, oh, yes, I feel that. But then when my mama passed away, my mom was going through all of her bills, at the very top of three or four of her papers, it just says, Jesus, help me. You know, so there's this complex and there's the simple beauty that we have with the Lord. And it really is just depending on you, honestly. So I'm going to just unpack this guide, if you will. We're going to kind of flow left to right on the page like you would read a paper. Um, So we look at this about prayer and we look at the disciples. First of all, I just wanted to, as an introduction, think about the disciples following around Jesus and Jesus is healing all these people. He's doing all these miracles. And then you know what he does? He retreats, he vanishes. He feeds the 5,000, he's gone. He heals all these people. He's retreating to be with God. Like he does these huge things in ministry, what we would consider ministry, especially, you know, we work at Snowbird. My husband's an elder of a church. We do these huge events. We do these huge investment into trauma type issues in people's lives. And then you're just like, give, 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 give. Well, Jesus, that's what he was doing, right? He's healing these people, making his name big, and then he's retreating to go back to his father, And his power is not coming from the demonstrations that he's doing for all these people. It's coming from the relationship that he's having with God, his father. And what the disciples are seeing is like, yes, I can't believe he just did all of this. Wait, where is he? Where's she? Oh, he's, why is he going all the way out there? You know, and they're talking amongst themselves and, and they're watching Jesus go away to be with the Lord. And eventually, guess what? They say, Jesus, teach us to pray. We want that. We want to know what's, what's going on up there. 
So then Jesus starts taking two or three with him. You can see through, through the New Testament when Jesus will take a, Peter, James, and John, I think, with him up when he's praying and they fall asleep and he comes back. You know, Jesus isn't needing them like as backup. They're, these are not warriors going around like with their swords to like be protecting Jesus while he's all up praying. He's doing that to demonstrate to them, this is how I'm being alone with my Father. You also need to do this. Everything Jesus does is purposeful. Every single thing, every story, every house he stops at, everything. So we can see how the disciples are following around Jesus. Jesus teaches to pray, and what does he tell them? He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Yes, go ahead and say it with me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our debts as he forgives those who trespass against us. And lead us not into the way, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is the simple, right? That's the simple. Jesus tells them, do this. Pray these things. That's it. It's not complex. We make it complex whenever we start thinking, well, that lady over there has all of these things, and so I need to do what she's doing to get those things that she has. That lady has good kids, and they don't seem to disrespect her, so I need to listen to what she's saying on her podcast and do what she's doing, because that's how those are the results that I want. And we get so caught up in these results and we lose the reality that it is just to be connected with God. And so Jesus prayed to refocus, recharge, and to rest. We don't think about prayer as rest. We think of it as work. When you look at this, this doesn't look peaceful, right? this big wadded up piece of retired rope, but that's where Jesus knew his identity was, his strength was, his hope was, he practiced it, and so he went to his father alone, not with a group, alone to rest, right? So I don't think we need to make it the argument of why we need to pray. Jesus did it, period. Let's do it. Okay, so I think more importantly today, we need to think about how do we pray, right? If everyone can just take a second and just think about in your own life, what is your practice of prayer? Is it one of those be with me Jesus prayers, which that's appropriate from time to time? Is it a very self-focused prayer? Is it someone's texting you, please pray for so-and-so. He's hurt his knee on baseball, and we're going to now not have a pitcher for the Friday night game. All right, text back, praying. You know, what is your, where are you in your practice of prayer? So I want you to keep that in your mind as we go through this, because everyone has like a different, everybody's coming in here from different walks of life, coming from different places. So obviously your prayer life is going to look different than mine, and our needs are all going to be all over the board, right? But I want this to be effective for you ladies if you think about where are you in your own practice of prayer, okay? Jesus prayed with humility and honesty, 
ready to hear from the Lord. Okay, we can look through all sorts of scripture verses in the Psalms and throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, where David is saying, you know, a broken and a contrite heart you will not despise, right? And so he's humbled himself, David a man after God's own heart, humbled himself before the Lord, recognized his position, who he was in respect to who God is. Um, Paul prays, you must increase, I must decrease, right? Recognizes God is greater, right? We've got to humble ourselves, recognizing this isn't about getting stuff from God. Okay, prayer is about connectivity with the Lord, stepping into the flow of what God's passion is, what God's purposes are, what God would have, not what we need. Because you know what God wants? For you to submit to him and let him do his thing. And that is what's going to bring him glory. And so a lot of our beginning with prayer is to be humble, humble ourselves. And I loved that skit this morning. It was one of my favorite skits to date. And when Reagan's like holding up the phone and she's like, hey world, look at me, I'm praying. Like seriously, I grew up in the church. I know that prayer. It's like, are they looking over here? I, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready now to pray. You know, I, I lived that life for a long time because I was just mimicking what I saw other people do, not what I was watching Jesus do, okay? And so with humility, we have to come before the Lord. Now, the second one there, you can say with humility and with honesty. So I'm gonna talk about that. Time out real quick. Now, I jumped in, both feet, focused on prayer, very serious. Let's take a pause. Okay. I grew up in Cumberland Gap, Tennessee. It's a really tiny town in East Tennessee. I tell a lot of people that I just grew up in East Tennessee because my dad was a pastor for most of my young life, and he was a pastor at different churches. So we were at a couple of different churches in East Tennessee growing up. Always went to church. My parents have always been faithful to keep me in church. My mom was a funeral director at a funeral home. So my dad was a pastor. My mom was the funeral director. So put it together. Where do you think I spent a lot of my time growing up? At funerals and a funeral home. This isn't trying to be morbid. I'm just telling you all how it is. The bus would drop me and my little sister off at my mom's, the funeral home where she worked. We'd walk up the hill and we would play in the funeral home. Now, it's just how it was. So my dad was a pastor, so my mom played the piano. And so we would go, we were used to, that was the life that I grew up in, whatever. We would go into the little sanctuary there. My sister and I would pretend play church. She was the pastor. Of course, I would sing, and I would play on the piano. And so there's a story that there was actually someone there, the open casket, 
my sister and I were performing the funeral <laughs> while the family was coming in for the first viewing. Now, I am, you know, that's just a story that actually happened to me and that I just threw in here. So when I was growing up, we went to a lot of funerals, heard a lot of things about people who have died. So my sister and I naturally had thoughts of like, well, when we die and at our funeral, da-da-da-da-da, sing this song, da-da-da-da-da, I wanted to be buried in this. It's not weird if you think about the context of what my parents did, but it is weird when I say it out loud now and all of you are looking at me like, oh my goodness, this lady is uh, very morbid. But anyway, as a little kid, that's just kind of how I thought, was like, well, when I die, my funeral, blah, 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 blah. So as my parents, um, as I grew up and um, my parents ended up getting a divorce and split up and I definitely went into like this depressive adolescent thing and I began to journal. And what would I journal? When I die, da 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 who's gonna who's gonna care if I'm there? You know, all the influences of my life um, or my experiences began to influence the way that I would journal in my little diary there. And then it, you can see over here, it's like me, 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 me. And as a middle schooler, that's, that is your life, me, everything. And y'all who have middle schoolers, it's the mirrors facing themselves. That is where it is. It's developmental. Like, so it's not like a shock that I was all about myself, but I always had that in the back of my mind. When I die, people will think this about me or when I'm gone. I always had an idea in my mind that somebody was behind me looking over, if that makes sense, of like, I'm going to leave this legacy or whatever. And so when I came to know the Lord um, and I had a lot of trauma through just like my parents got a divorce, we moved towns or whatever, um, I began to have this very me, me, me mentality and it began to build a habit in myself of like, even into my relationship with the Lord to where I wasn't honest with who I really was because it was all, in case someone reads this journal, I don't want them to think I'm crazy or I do want them to think this about me and so I would write that down. Or in case, I, you know, if, is this connecting with anybody else? I don't know. I mean, this is before social media, which is basically what girls are doing today on Facebook. It's like you're wearing masks one way or another. But that was the little story of how I began wearing masks was um, leaving these little crumbs or little trails that I wanted people to think about me when I wasn't around anymore, whether I was dead or just not even there. And so um, I just had those habits coming into my relationship with the Lord after I got saved to where I would focus my prayers on, well, I'm a Christian, so I should pray like this. So that other people will hear me pray these things and they'll think good things of me and then everybody will think I'm a good Christian. Boom, 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 me focused. And so it just became this really bad habit to where I began pretending to pray. Because if you're not actually talking to God when you're praying, you're pretending to pray because you're not actually doing what prayer is. And so that became a bad habit for me. So then I look at my life now and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what a lot of people continue to do today through their filtering 
you know, we can use that word filter because we all have thrown a filter or two on a picture for whatever reason, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, Photoshop this or that, to where we're not being honest with really who we are and definitely not being honest in our interactions with God. Um, and for a long time, you can go follow this little road back over to the left side of the paper and just how like we're trying to connect with God deeply by depending on unhealthy spiritual habits, whether that's things that we've picked up from other people that have influenced us or things we've just sort of adapted on our own because we whatever like just just kept doing them after we came to know the Lord or just thought this was how it's supposed to be I know for myself I'm not a I don't ever really give reasons for why I do what I do I'm just very more I'm more instinctive and my husband's all the time saying now why would you I mean don't even get me started on the catty corner dresser like he can't comprehend like catty cornerness and I'm like I can't explain it it's just I, I want it you know turn this way you know and he's, he, needs, he likes when I can explain everything. So there's a lot about myself, and many of you have that thing about you where it's like, I can't explain it, but I know that right now where I am or where I have been with the Lord is definitely not a healthy spiritual habit, you know? And so whatever that is, um, there are a lot of things to be cautious about, and I wrote them down here. The first one is when we don't recognize our own pride, right, the meanness of everything, um, then that's going to lead to pretend prayer, like not honesty before the Lord. And so whenever we're pretending to pray, that's going to lead to the third danger, which is we're powerless in our prayer time. We have no anchor. We have no genuineness right no power no connectivity to God but the great thing about that is um, for a lot of people with prayer it's just aimlessness they don't know where to start what to do but God has given us his word to help guide us in our prayer and a lot of times we begin to just mimic what we've heard like um, sometimes, uh, you know, we've always prayed before our meals, and, and a lot of times in our family, um, one individual prays the exact same prayer over every meal, and I'm, you know, tempted to just sort of mimic that, you know, um, as we're teaching our young kids, like, that's sometimes really beautiful, you know, because they're learning how to, but as in a grown adult woman, who is mature in my relationship with the Lord, I need to dig a little deeper and put a little more work in, a little bit more um, in initiative in my conversations with the Creator King, you know? And so being able to be respectful in the words that I'm using in my prayers, but also in my um, intentions, not just spouting out a bunch of aimless nonsense just other people at the table know I've prayed for my food you know so a lot of times when we come to prayer we think of that it's like 
you know when you go like on a Friday or whatever and you're like oh, I don't want to go to the grocery store till Monday so we're just gonna scrounge around and and we're gonna just have a little bit of this a little bit of that throw some cheese and sour cream in it and it's gonna be just fine we can make do right um, there's one bag of microwave popcorn we're just gonna get the little bowls out and then that way everybody gets a little of something and everybody's satisfied um, but that's not really connectivity with God. And that's our goal with prayer is to connect with God the same way that Jesus would go away and connect. So we're going to do like a little exercise on what do we pray. We're going to pray the Bible. And this is going to be a really fun, interactive thing where you all are going to be able to practice this. I'm going to walk us through how I would pray through a piece of scripture to give some practical, not vague ideas in how to pray the scripture because God's word is not a tool for us to know him more. This is, we believe as Christians, this is the living, breathing word of God, right? So this isn't like a journal or a commentary, okay? This is, you have access to the language of God, who has, we do in our current modern generation, you know? The disciples didn't have access to this in this way, where they could just, you know what I mean? So they watched Jesus, they mimicked him, he gave them, this is how you should pray. We have this, we have all of the words, beautifully translated in English right? And so the Lord has given us this gift of himself through his word so that our language and our minds can be um, disciplined and focused. That's not to negate the simple Jesus help me prayers or the beautiful complicated um, prayers of the Puritan writers, but it is to inspire and promote our connectivity to our Father God, the Creator, who's made you specifically unique, okay? So I'm going to have the ladies here um, put up on the board. We're going to pray through Isaiah 40. I had a um, friend of mine years ago, I never, I didn't even know what verse I was going to use, and he was like, Amy, I've been praying Isaiah 40 for you. This is when I was in high school as my youth pastor. I'm just praying Isaiah 40 over you. I'm just praying it that you would just have the wings of an eagle, and that you would just not grow weary, that you would just keep going for the Lord and I was just that came to my mind of like oh my goodness that's so impacting because those are God's words that he was praying for me to be um that we're, we're getting ready to go through so that's the that's the passage that I wanted us to to kind of dive in so this is a really easy how-to DIY if you will you can't mess this up remember your goal is to connect with the Lord and he loves you He's not banishing anybody anywhere tonight. He wants you to come sit, come dwell, come talk to me. Use my words to talk to me. I want, I want you to know me. I want to know you. So we've got um, Isaiah 40, verse 27. So you can see there it says the scripture, Isaiah 40, 27 through the end. I'm going to start reading verse 27. So I would say, I would read in my mind, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? And I made a little note. O Jacob, 
O Israel, and I put a little circle, Bible study mode, okay? And I marked it out. This isn't Bible study mode. Okay, am I supposed to be praying from, I'm, that I'm Jacob? Am, am I Israel? Like, that's not, that's not what this is, okay? We're using God's word to inspire our minds to pray God's word, okay? So, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right hand is disregarded by my God. And I, what comes to mind? Does a person come to your mind? Do, do you come to your own mind of yourself? For me, I might say something like, God, why do I feel like my way is hidden from you? What is it in my heart that I'm embarrassed about or that I'm insecure about, that I need you, right? Or what right do I even have to say, um, to, to think that you would have um, no care of me? Because you have made, and I keep going, have you not known, have you not heard that Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And so I wrote right there, number three. Oh, wait. I read number, okay, here we go. I got confused. So I read verse 28. And so then I would pray. I know, God, that you do not grow weary. Right? And that's God's word reminding us. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He knows what I need when I need it, right? My way is not disregarded by God. So then I'm connecting that. Increase my, okay, and then I'm reading again. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. And then I would, I would read that and then I would connect it. God increased my faith. Increase my strength to trust in you. Is that making sense what I'm saying? So you're just kind of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, using God's word to connect your prayer to the scripture. Now, I might read this and say, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Maybe right now, when I say that, someone comes to my mind like, Maybe my daughter comes to my mind and I'm like, God, please give her strength to endure these middle school days. You know, empower her, God, to be loving, to be kind. Give her joy that she would be a light in the darkness. You see how it's inspiring me to move forward in my prayer for her that I might not have prayed for her today to be strong and to be um, to have her strength renewed, I may just be praying a simple prayer for her that's like, be with Knox today. You see what I'm saying? But being able to look at the scripture has now like lifted my God's word into that prayer to strengthen my hope that God is going to do what he says that he's going to do. Because he says right here, that you do not faint or grow weary. And so now I'm thinking about my daughter. God, you're not going to get tired of helping her at school, of covering over her, protecting her. So it's a read and connect. 
skill, if that makes sense. Um, it's something I was never actually taught. I was never had anyone say, Amy, come over here. Let me show you how to read, connect, read, connect. Let's pray, right? I think sometimes um, our spiritual habits are sort of caught on. You just kind of catch on to it. And no one pauses and says, all right, time out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to just practice it, okay? I think it's really important that we practice it practice trying to make these connections because if you don't understand there's an older wiser lady who maybe can say okay you can't mess this up you're trying what are you praying how is it connecting and the holy spirit and god where everything is trying to teach you how to pray his word right how to pray how to connect to god do you see what i'm saying are you all excited about this with me I'm so excited because I feel like the power of uh, the Holy Spirit and his truth, the truth of God's word, I mean, we believe that. It changes people, right? And we believe that prayer changes people. I think sometimes we think, I don't have the words to abracadabra, you know? But prayer is not abracadabra. It's aligning our connectivity with the Lord in such a way that we're humbled knowing that his word is going to not return void and that God's going to do what he wants to do and prayer helps us to realign ourselves with the order of things right because sometimes you can't just encourage someone by saying oh God just take that away from them sometimes the prayer is help them endure with strength you know what I mean? And so I think as we're studying the Bible, God's going to give us these passages and these tiny little nuggets that spur us on and inspire us to pray those words, his words, back to him to season our, our prayers with truth and tether us to truth so we're not just left out there praying randomness, you know, but it's, it's purposeful. It's for connectivity to God. It's for others to connect with God as well. So what I wanted to do is for the next few minutes, um, I read this book. I've got it in the back. It's called Praying the Bible by Donald S. Whitney. It's called, pray, it's, and he prays the Psalms. So every day he prays the Psalms, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. But he says in his book he says if you are ever going to teach this praying God's word don't ever teach it without giving the people there an opportunity to practice it because they're not going to under they're not going to get it it's 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 not complicated but no one's gonna few people will try it after they leave but if I give some space in the moment people are more likely to practice it and give it a shot just to try and so what we're going to do is we're going to put um, Psalm 23 up on the board. And we're going to take the next three, four minutes, okay? Not three or four hours. Some of you extroverts are, may feel a little awkward when it gets quiet in here, but just think everyone in here should be talking, just not audibly, right? We're all talking to the Lord. Um, 
And we're going to practice this and just see. Now, if you come across something in the scriptures, this was one of the tips that he gave. I didn't write this down, but it's really helpful. When you're praying through the Psalms, if you come across something like smite my enemies, right? (laughs) He suggests maybe that what we say is, God, what is the sin in me that needs to be put to death? What is it that I'm clinging onto that needs to die? What is it, God, that's keeping me from deep connectivity with you? You know, turning those type of verses towards sin and towards um, the enemy of our, um, like, things that might distract us, things that might be... Um, influencing us in a way that's not healthy right so those are the type of things that he suggests to pray about if when we come across those verses and also if there are things that you don't understand like um into the depths of shale you know just skip over it yeah this is not a bible study time okay this is just trying to use god's word to connect you deeper into um conversation with him okay again you can't mess this up this is just giving you all practical opportunities to practice praying God's word so we're just going to take the next few minutes and do that they're going to do I guess like the first couple of verses and just kind of guide us through as we pray okay and then we can talk about it scroll through them if you want to just push the next one and then the next one and then the next one yeah there you go
Okay. What did you all think about that? You want to give a little bit of feedback? What did you think? Was that interesting? Have you ever done anything like that? Anybody have any? No. Yeah. And then one of the um, Puritan writers um, talks about how when he would go to the Lord in prayer without using the scripture as a guide, as something to sort of anchor us back to, that he would spend the first half an hour to an hour just trying to rein his thoughts in, right? Writing down things that were distracting him, trying to get his brain into the flow of how to connect with the Lord because you get so distracted. But when he began to use the scripture as a guide or a map, if you will, to just inspire and lead us in, in him in prayer, he found that he would spend like six hours in prayer because it's tethered to the word and it's inspired by God and you have the Holy Spirit. And so I think that there's a great opportunity for us to grow in our connectivity with the Lord by combining his word. But we, for whatever reason, haven't been taught or haven't seen an argument made for it or don't even know how to. I, I had never even thought about that um, until I began, like last year, really, the Lord brought me this book and I've just been like all about it, so excited about it. And so it has really boosted my personal connection with the Lord. And I've also found that the honesty before the Lord has allowed me to heal in a lot of areas in my life that I had thought I was being honest with God, but really I was more in that camp where it's like, well, I'm a Christian, so I should pray like this, and so that's what I'm praying. Instead of being honest with the Lord about my feelings or where I was and my thoughts on whatever it is, you know, I would like kind of filter that and I wouldn't be honest with God. Um, but now um, I think through using God's word, it's exposed that in me to where it's like you look at David, you know, I mean, he's like, why have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? Why are you not near me? And then later on he'll say, but I will boast in the Lord. You know, I mean, very emotional. And so for me, praying the scriptures and especially going through and praying the Psalms has really helped to teach me more on how to be honest with the Lord, connect with the Lord, and who I am in Christ. Because I can be encouraged by other people, but to hear it from the scriptures you were made in the image of Christ, you know? Um, and even like um, he knew you before the foundations of the world, you know? Those things that when you read and you're not necessarily trying to study in the moment, but you're trying to just connect with the Lord in that way and to feel it and experience that nearness to the Lord, like it's really been a big game changer for me as far as my, connectivity with God and so that's why I was really inspired to kind of share with you ladies in this breakout when we were picking out topics because I was like 
praying God's word, using his language, what he's given us to learn about him, to shape and to change us to be more like Jesus has, has really just changed a lot of my relationship with the Lord in such a positive, beautiful way that I, I couldn't just not try to help share that with you all. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to give us a rating and review. And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.